Welcome to everybody. Toronto Celebration Church, World Impact Celebration Church, wherever you are participating this morning. We are glad that you are with us. And I promise you, you are going to be challenged, stirred, and you're going to be spiritually fed today. Let's, let's get right down to it. Uh, I want to read from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. By faith, we understand that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. It tells us very simply that everything that we can see with our natural eyes originates in the invisible realm. That the invisible realm, God who spoke everything into being, is infinitely greater than anything in the visible realm. Then 2 Corinthians 4.18, we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. That's huge. Whatever, including problems you may be facing today, are temporary. Whatever we can see, it will not last forever, but that which is unseen is eternal. This is a message that has profoundly affected my life. You know, everyone lives in what I consider a reality. And the reality may be real to some degree, or it may be an imagined reality. There's different variations of that. And what I mean with that is that, that sometimes people say like this, well, this is the way it is. I'm living in the real world, you know. And sometimes they use that as a, you know, as a distinction from church. It's wonderful to come to church, to worship, to praise, to study the Bible, but the, you know, then out there is the real world. Implication that somehow all this talking about the Holy Spirit, about prayer, about God is not real. It's more imaginary. See, see what, what we say, it's a get real. Have you heard someone say, get real? You gotta be real with me. What they're really saying is, you got to agree with how I see my circumstances. You got to agree with what I perceive by my natural senses, by my, what I can see, hear, taste, touch, smell. This is reality. Sometimes when people describe their reality as they see it, they are talking about what they think is possible and what they think is not possible. What can be done? And so sometimes uh, when, when people are given an opportunity to grow, to uh, think bigger in some area, maybe in a relationship, in education, in finances, spiritually, they have excuses to say, well, uh, you don't know, I just don't have the right friends. I never knew how to handle finances. Or I have had so many disappointments in my life where I'm just, it's just too much for me. Or even worse, some people say, well, the devil is after me. Blame the devil for everything. Or, or, or when it comes to a spiritual thing, well, I don't know if I'm called. They always have a reason why to say no to an opportunity. And, and it stems from this deeply rooted sense of, quote unquote, reality. What I see as real. And so here's what I want to put out to you today. Reality, and I put it in quotation marks, is about what's in our hearts. 
And whatever is in our heart is how we see the world. Look at Proverbs 23, verse 6. Do not eat the bread of a miser. Now, a miser in the Hebrew really means a, an evil eye person, a, a jealous, envious person. Do not eat the bread of a miser, nor desire his delicacies, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. So here you have a clear illustration. Outwardly, this person is generosity, but inwardly, it's stinginess, it's small-mindedness. And what the Bible says, as generous as he seems on the outside, and say, come on, mi casa es su casa. That Spanish, my house is your house. Uh, inwardly, he says, don't, don't touch my stuff. And so the Bible says the real reality, the, the, the true reality here is, is how he thinks in his heart. So what we think is reality, quote unquote, becomes reality. You know, there have always been people who were, were able to think outside of the box. You see, this has to do with perception. For example, the reason we have, we have telephones that do all kinds of things like uh, um, I'm timing myself so I don't speak too long, so I have the stopwatch function on right now. I, you can do a video, you can do a, take pictures with your phone. It's because somebody called Steve Jobs. And, I, and though I don't have an Apple phone right here, my wife does, but I don't, um, uh, you know, he was driving the creativity. Today, there's a man by the name of Elon Musk, and some people th consider him quite eccentric and way out there. He's, he, he just sent off a, a, a rocket to the International Space Station, and he's talking about tourism in space. People say, I, I can't handle that. I can, I can hardly you know, get around the neighborhood. Well, well, he's a person thinking outside the box. There's always been people like that. Like the Wright brothers, you know, today is no big deal flying on an airplane, but, but when they were saying, you, you, you can go up and stay up, we'll, we'll put together a box and put it up there. You, you, there's law of aerodynamics. People said, these people are crazy. This is the end time. Jesus is coming soon. We'll never have an airplane. People have always had these kind of ideas, you know. A man by the name of Marconi was the first one who imagined wireless communications, that you can talk to people far away. Oh, that was different. You see, what is your perception? Oh, maybe society has designed your perception of yourself. Maybe, maybe church, and not always positive, hopefully positive, but sometimes negatively, has designed the way you perceive yourself. Do you see yourself as a, as a victim? Do you see yourself as an overcomer? Do you see yourself as, as loved by God? Or, or maybe you're not sure. You know, what is your reality? Do you see yourself as a little person? You know, I, let, let me just get this off my chest. It just bothers me. I sometimes hear politicians particularly, maybe others too, they say, well, I want to stand up for the little guy. I want to support the little people. I feel like saying, who are you talking to, man? Are you talking to me? Who are you calling the little people? Do you think you're a big person? I, I said, where does it come from? Some people think they're big and they think others are little. I have to say, well, if, you, if you're standing up for the little people, you sure aren't standing up for anybody in our church because we don't have any little people. Or oh, we have people who are little in their own eyes, which is humility, but not little in other people's eyes. 
You know, I want to say, if you are the poorest person worldwide that's listening to me now, if you are the least educated person, and I don't know who that could possibly be, but I'm sure there's one, you are not a little person. You're not one of the small people. Oh, I wish I had the whole room full of people. They'd be clapping and shouting, but you can have a little clapping and shouting at home. You have Christ in you. You are the redeemed. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. So the perception in society is, oh, if you were born into a certain family, you have a certain amount of money in your bank account, then you are a big person and you're so nice of you if you stand up for the little people. There's no little people. We're little in our own eyes. We're little compared to God. But you know, you're not little compared to anybody. You're an overcomer. You are more than a conqueror. Oh, praise God. I'm getting, I got sh- to shout for myself a little bit here. I, I, I tell you, how do you see yourself? What is your reality? Let, let me give you some more. Realities are changeable. Whatever physical realities, they are temporary. That, that's encouraging. And everything physical is changeable. That also applies to depression. It's changeable. It, it, sickness, habits, addictions, uh, misfortunes, changeable. That's, that's good news. So whatever your real reality or perceived reality is, it is changeable. Now, for one thing, a Christ encounter changes our reality. Ephesians 2.1 says, You he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. So that was our reality. We weren't dead physically. We weren't dead mentally, intellectually, in our emotions. But we were dead spiritually. But something happened. We were made alive. We now have a new reality. And, and, and in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, God talks about how he works with us now that this new reality has come. It says, God will sanctify you completely, your whole spirit, soul, and body. Now, before you came alive by discovering who Christ is and who you are to God, before that, you, you were still alive physically. Your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions were alive. And, and with your soul, you're able to develop relationships with people. You're able to connect with the world at large. But don't be mad at me. Spiritually, that deepest part of you, some say the deepest part of your consciousness, the deepest part of your soul, or some say your spirit is, is there. It is, is the, it is the deepest part of your being. That part was dead, but it came alive. So, so listen to this mathematical equation. So we look at a person in, in three parts, spirit, soul, body. That's what it says here in 1 Thessalonians. So before you receive Christ, your soul, that's invisible. You can't touch with your finger somebody's soul. That part was invisible, but your body was visible. So you were a 50-50 proposition. 50% of you are visible, 50% invisible. Then you came alive. Your spirit part, that, that connection with God, that consciousness of God, the configuration changed. So now two-thirds of you, spirit and soul, are invisible. And only one-third is visible. You could turn to your neighbor and say, 
there's, there's more of me than what you see with the naked eye, except I have no one to say it to here, but you do it at home. There's more to me than meets the eye. You have, the, the, the difference in, in, in encountering Christ is that you are now not only able to connect with philosophy and cultural ideas and thoughts and themes, but, but you've come alive in something that is not visible, a relationship with God. You're, you become a spiritual being, uh, uh, you see. And, and so a person without Christ still has an awareness of God. Still looking for God, searching for God. But they get a little awkward when they come to a church and we are lifting our hands and we're saying, thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord. They say, these people are carried away. They have too much of a relationship. It's, not, it's supposed to be philosophical. It's supposed to be on a different level. They don't see it. And yet, they, they're missing something. They say, I, I, I need something. And they say, there's something more. But, but it's not, they, they, they don't know. But you, you receive Christ. And you come alive. And so now that that has happened, we have a choice. Either we can continue to live just as natural people who have, a, you know, every once a week or so, we have a little spiritual experience in our life. But basically, we, we're just the same as everybody else. We, we kind of live before Christ, after Christ. It's all the same, except we go to church and read our Bible. And other than those little experiences, things are the same. Or we have the potential to be a spiritual person who still has natural experiences of grief and setbacks and difficulties, but somehow 24-7, we are aware of this spiritual dimension. We, we, we're not just governed by our five senses, but we are also strongly influenced, even governed, but let's start with influence, governed, influenced or governed by this invisible realm that whatever I'm up against, it can change. It, it, it because of what's inside, the unseen world creates the seen world. Now, here's what hinders us. Immaturity hinders us from discovering these new realities, these new possibilities. And, and you, you know what immaturity is, according to the Apostle Paul's teaching? It is religion, Christless religion, is immaturity. And Paul uses this in the epistle to the Galatians as an example. Let me read the scripture and then we look at what the context of it. Galatians chapter 4 verse 1. The heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a servant, though he's a master of all. But he's under guardians and stewards. And the context here is that we are joint heirs with Christ. But he says, as long as you are childish and immature, you're just living in this natural reality, maybe having an occasional attendance in church, doing something spiritual once in a while. As long as you're living with that, you're like a spiritual baby. And you don't enjoy the inheritance. And I tell you, there's an enemy. And, and he's speaking here, first of all, let me say, he's speaking here, first of all, of the, of the religion of this Christless religion, this religion that you, you try to improve yourself, you try to live by, by rules and regulations rather than by the grace of God, and, and you never get there. You, you always have to have guardians watching for you because who knows when you're going to, you know, just break one of those rules that you've set for yourself. But by the grace of God, you're able to overcome if you choose the grace path. You're able to labor more abundantly, as Paul says. And I tell you, the devil has a cruel, wicked plan to keep us 
spiritual babies. Spiritual babies. Never growing up, never enjoying, you know, that the, all the Christian life is about I'm going to go to heaven one day. Not enjoying the abundance here and now. Maybe your society, maybe your background, maybe your culture affixed to you limitations. And then you become at the, at the mercy of those limitations. But I'm saying it's time to grow up and to be who you are. See, at salvation, we are all spiritual children. But then we grow in the Lord. We grow in his mind. And that's why we have the Celebration Church, by the way. Let me do a little plug. That's why the Toronto Celebration Church is so phenomenal. That's why this new vision, the World Impact Celebration Church, is so phenomenal. Because we're going to help you to grow, not just in nice motivational speeches and leadership principles and all those things. We might throw some of those into, But to grow in Christ. To become this person that, that is, it says in Romans 8, 14, as many as are led by the Spirit, these are the children of God, the sons of God. To be led by the Spirit, what does that mean? It means you're not just led by what your five senses see, but you have spiritual realities. You're led by the Spirit, led by spiritual realities that enables you to go beyond anything that you had ever dreamed before. Let, let, let me give you some more. I have an urgency alert. That means wake up. I hope you weren't falling asleep, but wake up. Your reality, perception, there's a quotation mark. Your perception of reality is your boundary. It can either limit you or open doors of expansion. Listen to this, Proverbs 4.23. Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Issues. It's a strange word. I had to look it up in the Hebrew to say, well, what, how else could you frame that word? And to my amazement, I found that back in the book of Genesis, when in the Hebrew language, they described the borders, the boundaries of the land where Abraham was to live and his descendants. You know, it's this kind of to the north, to the south, east and the west. This is the boundaries. It's the same word as issues. So you could say, Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the boundaries of life. So watch your heart. Because from in here, from the unseen realm, comes the boundaries that are very much seen. And so I want to ask you, are there boundaries you would like to enlarge? I hope you don't want to shrink anything. Are there spiritual boundaries? I mean, I, I thought of that. What's, what, what do you mean? I mean, would you like to be able to see more of what could be in God? To, to have a largeness of inward vision? Were you able to see a greater vision? Were you able to see the Christ finished work, Christ in you, realities affecting the physical material world? What about an ability to forgive? So I struggle with that my whole life. Isn't it time that you stop struggling with that? What about the ability to resist temptation? What about the ability to cast your cares on the Lord? Well, you know, my whole life I've just been so stressed. Isn't it time maybe with the Christ in you that you kind of grow out of that, which has been your story? And you say, well, not just cast your cares on the Lord and they bounce back on you, but, but, but you leave it there. 
take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. But what about physical boundaries? Physical boundaries. Now, I could talk about exercise, and we all need to do more than that. I mean, I, I, I won't expect. That's why Tyna and I got a dog, because it forces me to go out, to walk, to run, to do things I wouldn't otherwise do. I would be a couch potato, but my dog helps me, so I got a dog, because I don't want to be limited. What about travel? Travel. You know, it's amazing to me. Some Christians, you suggest to them, they say, oh, I would like to travel. Why don't, why don't you do that? Why don't you come? Oh, oh, I couldn't do that. Oh, I don't know. What am I going to eat? I don't have a passport. These are foolish excuses. Get one. Get one. People all over. People make it such a big deal. Maybe so. Well, that's just the way I was raised. Isn't it time maybe to expand those boundaries? How do you do it? Guard your heart. Start, start thinking with your heart. So, well, is this all there is for me? What about mental boundaries? What about reading a book, studying, taking a course, learning to understand, learning to handle multiple tasks, multiple problem solving, taking notes? <laughs> that, that would be good. Mental boundaries. Well, I just never, I never was a reader. Bertha, I was never a reader. Start becoming one. So how do I read a book? You start with the first sentence and you read one page and you know what to do? You turn the page. <laughs> and if you need a break after the first break, take a break. Otherwise, read the next page. Maybe read a whole chapter. That'd be a breakthrough. You, you know, uh, people expand. This gospel that we have it's not just so that we can someday land in heaven and we can have a funeral and say, oh, this dear person, you know, they didn't do much, but at least they're safe in heaven. No, you are an overcomer. What mental boundaries? What are you, emotional boundaries? Ability to trust. You say, I've been so disappointed. Yeah, it's time to expand beyond that. To let go. To handle rejection. Oh, I get so hurt. Well, why do you? Well, I've been that way my whole life. Stop being like that. You have Christ in you. Well, I can't help myself. Yeah, you can guard your heart. Say, I got to watch. Christ, the great forgiver who forgave the whole world, lives in me. How to be able to forgive a little bit. You know, ability to praise and thank others. Some of this has to do with growing. I remember when I started out, you know, in ministry, I received favors from some people. And when I look back now, I think it's an age thing. I've grown in the Lord, but I've also grown in age. But, you know, I, 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 but I never said thank you like I should have. I never appreciated it. I think, that's why nowadays you almost hear me. I mentioned about T.L. Osborne. I mentioned about this Norwegian preacher who was a blessing. I mentioned about George Tunks in Toronto, Ontario, who gave me my first chance for a festival. I bring them up. Any, every, well, I, I'm saying I appreciate that. I appreciate people who open doors for me. But you know, sometimes when, you, when you're just so much thinking about yourself, you can't even say thank you to someone because you, 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 it's an emotional boundary. Once we learn to say thank you and appreciate, new vistas come before us. You say, does this have to do with God? Very much so. He helps you. This gospel is to help us. You know, to learn not to be, you know, Nehemiah, for example. He had this burden in his heart. Oh, he was so burdened for the people of Israel. But it says when he went to meet the king, he didn't tell the king about his burden. 
He didn't come crying. <laughs> oh, what, what, what's wrong with you? You're my employee, Nehemiah. Why are you crying all the... He, he just looked all... He put on a sunny disposition, put on his best uh, cologne aftershave, and he, he looked so good when he went to see the king. And it wasn't until the king said, what can I do for you? Then he opened the door. He had emotional strength. His boundaries were a little bit... What about financial boundaries? You know, sometimes... Some people, I hope it's not you, all they can think about in reference to money is hoard. Get all you can, sit on the can. Fear. I grew up with a little bit that. Always feared that we wouldn't have enough money. Greed. Looking at others saying, I want as much as they have. Envy. Some people, all they can think about money is spend, spend, spend. That's why I keep saying a lot of people get a $1,000 breakthrough. God answers prayer, but they don't get the breakthrough. It's the local shopping center that gets the breakthrough because all they can think is spend, spend, spend. Invest, you know, expanding your boundaries. That's why I like to talk about when I had a financial need and, and I was out of money. I couldn't even put $500 together and I needed tens of thousands of dollars. The Lord said to me, I want you to send $10,000 to this other ministry that had helped me years ago and he taught me to show appreciation but it stretched my faith I don't tell other people to do that because I had to borrow the money to do it please don't borrow money to give to, to, to the Toronto Celebration Church or to World Impact Ministries I'm just telling you my testimony it expanded my thinking you, you know here we are now I mean we're living in a strange world I, I don't know if you follow what's happening last year 2019 the US stock market alone gained $17 trillion. Wow, that's, I can't even think like that. But by March this year, all that was wiped out and much more. And now it looks like it's all coming back again. Money is going up and down. And it's changing hands. I hope you got your hand on a couple of thousand at least. I I don't know. Couldn't God help you to give you witty, inventive ideas? Couldn't God help you in a business? Couldn't God be with you? Couldn't God cause money to flow through you to be a blessing to the gospel? You say, well, Peter, you seem to want money. Yeah, I want it. I want it. I want a hundred preachers who can have festivals like I can. I want to train them up 100. I got a few of them, but I want a hundred. I want to buy our World Impact Gospel Institute campuses because I don't want them to be, you know, if the government doesn't like us or something, they just take our campus away. I, we, we need money to take 8 billion people. You say, you're talking strange. Well, if there can be, a, if there can be an Elon Musk who thinks of s- space travel for tourists, can't I think about 8 billion people? Can I think of money as a tool to help give the gospel to 8 billion people? Call me a dreamer, but leave me in my blissful, dreamy state. Because I see it. The knowledge of the Lord covering the earth as the waters cover the sea. Expectation boundaries. I told you many times when I started in the ministry, I said, God, if you cannot give me five people every week that come to the Lord, I don't think I'm called. So he gave me five. After I saw five, about a year later, I said, Lord, I'm getting about five a week who are receiving you. Could you give me 50? I figured I may as well. It was a huge change. It was a step forward. And then he started to give me 50. And now I'm believing for much more. I'm believing to to, to touch leaders of countries. We're doing it already, but, but more, deeper, in a greater way. 
because make disciples of the nation. Well, what are your expectations? What's in your heart? That's my question. Because you're not me. I can only give testimonies from my own world. I, I, if I was an auto mechanic, I would have different testimonies. If I was a, a, a lawyer, I would have believed God in that area. If I was a nurse, I would believe God in that area. If I was a what else could I be, a shopkeeper, a store owner? I'd have to believe God in that area. But I can only give you my testimony. But here's good news. I'm hurrying now. <clears throat> Looking at my stopwatch. The Holy Spirit helps us and thrusts us into new realities. Let me give you a few quick examples. Moses. His reality is, I'm a reject. I'm here at the backside of the desert. You know, I guess I had a shot at it 40 years ago, but, but it didn't happen. And then he sees a burning bush, and the bush is not consumed. I think it spoke to him. I think somehow that picture spoke to Moses. Moses, you're just like that bush. You're like an old desert bush. But something happened to that natural bush. It's burning but not being consumed. And there's a fire coming on you. It's going to change your nature. The nature of a bush is to be consumed by fire. But this bush has a different nature. You're going to have an encounter with God. Something happened. He became a different person. Joshua discouraged. And he saw the captain of the host of the Lord change everything. Mary, how can this be? And the angel says, Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And she says, okay, may it happen to me. Her, her, her perception of what could possibly be, that she could have a child without having known a man, that's a pretty giant reality shift. Uh, the man at the pool of Bethesda, 38 years sick, he says, I don't have anybody to help me. That was his reality. I don't have anybody. Well, Jesus said, what do you want? What do, you, what do you want? Maybe you say, well, my reality is I'm so disappointed. I, 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 I don't know. Well, what do you want? On the day of Pentecost, you have the, the 12 and the 120 discouraged, weeping. You know, we've lost it. They crucified our Savior. What a, but, but the Holy Spirit came and their realities changed. 